This, this is the Buck Sexton Show, where the mission or mission is to decode what really matters with actionable intelligence. One small thing. Make no mistake. America. Great. You're a great American again. The Buck Sexton Show begins. Activate. Former CIA analyst. Former member of the NYPD. Buck Sexton. It is Buck Sexton. Now. Yes, right now, it's the Buck Sexton Show. Uh, One more night with the Godfather, Michael Pelka, in for my friend Buck Sexton. What a night to be here. What a week to be on the radio. What a remarkable turn of events today in Congress. There's other stuff going on, but I think it's appropriate. It's incumbent upon me to get out of the blocks and say thank you, thank you, thank you to Susan Collins of Maine. Just an amazing speech. I I don't know if you sat through the whole thing. I'll try and give you some highlights. But tonight we are going to pay tribute. We're going to pay tribute to the women of the GOP. And we'll also give some props to Mitch McConnell. But it was the women of the GOP who made Judge Kavanaugh a almost, well, I, I don't want to jinx it. Because Jeff Flake said, unless something big happens, I'm a yes. But uh, it looks like Judge Kavanaugh will become Justice Kavanaugh within the next 24 hours. It really does. And uh, it's just exciting. You want to join in on the discussion tonight, you know the number, 844-900-2825. 844-900. I'm so excited. 844-900-2825. Buck, which is 2825. Uh, we're, we're happy to talk about this, happy to get into some of the other stuff out there. The economy is just in a great place. Unemployment, the lowest it's been since 1969, 3.7%. It's almost at the point where uh, we're at full employment because There's a certain percentage of the population that can't work for whatever reasons, physical, mental, uh, just whatever. So we're almost at full full employment, minimal unemployment, just a great thing. And with four weeks to go before the midterms, this is something really good for President Trump. Let's hope people are paying attention, but... I just can't, uh, I'm ebullient if I were doing a word of the day. Maybe I'll pull a word of the day out today. I will, I'll get some of the, some of the big hits from Susan Collins' speech today. Did you watch it or did you listen to it? Because I was listening to it. I was not in front of a television this afternoon. I happened to have it in my ears listening via, um, uh, Sirius XM satellite radio thingy. You know, I was I had it in my headset, and as I'm listening, I'm thinking, she's laying out the case. She's taking apart every argument against Kavanaugh and doing it with logic and style. And then I went back just before the show, and I sat down. And I watched some of the clips. And then I watched it and I realized the Republicans have gotten it right. The Republicans figured it out. They staged this moment beautifully. And I'm talking about casting and everything. If you watched it, you know what I'm talking about. Because Susan Collins up there 
in the Senate delivering this speech gave us an absolute masterclass in how to bring your argument to the forefront and delivered it with style and, as I said, with perfection. The construction of this sentence is something that should be taught in government classes and law classes, how to give a winning argument. It just was epic. But what made it even more important when you watched it on TV, and I'm sure we're going to hear the numbers are massive, there were two women prominently featured behind Susan Collins. Now, so often we hear that the Republican Party is the party of a bunch of old white guys. Well, you had three women featured. You couldn't see um, Joni Ernst. She was off to the side, but she was up there too. But you had Susan Collins front and center in a very professional look. I think she got a new haircut too. I'm sure she did. You know, it's all about image. It's all about optics. Susan, Susan Collins up there, and on one side, Shelley Moore Capito of uh, West Virginia, Republican senator. To the other side, Cindy Hyde-Smith, a senator from Mississippi, right behind her. So now you have this moment where we, as conservatives, have had the tar beaten out of us for the last three weeks being accused of being just the worst people in the world, the party that does not understand women. And you have a woman delivering the knockout punch, a woman who's known to be pro-choice. So now you have someone that other women, especially, boy, that was ter- that argument that Judge Kavanaugh is going to uh, destroy Roe v. Wade. You have a pro-choice woman standing in front of the world talking about how Kavanaugh can't do it. That, in fact, that the, the people that the, um, the Democrats were worried about tearing apart Roe v. Wade years ago, not only did they not do it, they wrote the argument against overturning Roe v. Wade. So you have brilliantly staged, brilliantly written, Delivered for an audience that would then turn it into prime time response. So after all of the theater this week, after all the circus-like atmosphere for the last eight days in Washington, D.C., you ended with an epic finish. So bravo to you, GOP. Bravo to you. And to the, what was it, 500-plus protesters arrested today? I think, I'm not sure... I think Spartacus got arrested today. I'm not sure. I think that that would make sense for him because that would be a good campaign commercial for uh, 2020 presidents, he hopes, for uh, for Cory Booker. Or should we call him Sugar? As I taught you guys last night, I found the uh, yearbooks from some of the angry Democrats on the Judiciary Committee started going through their senior yearbooks to say, gee, what was in your yearbook? Cory Booker had his nickname Sugar. And I don't know about you, but I lived in the New York, New Jersey metro area where Cory Booker lived and went to school in those years, in the late 80s. And uh, Booker, we called, uh, cocaine was referred to as Sugar. So why were you sugar, Senator? Is there something you need to tell us? And also the guy who said he had um, 
groped a young woman at the age of 15 in the article he wrote called uh, Stealing Second or something like that. Uh, Booker uh, also had his senior quote was, let's go all the way. So uh, Cory Booker has some splaining to do, but he maybe got arrested today. It's not really an arrest, as we saw with Amy Schumer yesterday. It's kind of like being scurried off to get your uh, picture taken, and then somebody pays 50 bucks, you get a ticket, and you go home, or you go back to the protest. But there's so much to get to today. So much. I'm just so happy about this, and uh, we will dig into it. But I want to remember what sparked all of this. And it was Donald Trump nominating Mr. Kavanaugh, Judge Kavanaugh. And on the date when that happened, Chris Matthews, the elder statesman at MSNBC, you have to wonder how much longer he's going to continue in his role. Uh, Chris Matthews was on the air talking about revenge. And I tell you, all of this, All of this anger towards anything Donald Trump does, towards any nominee he brings forward, all of this resistance and obstruction, which started the day after Trump was elected, it's a dangerous thing for the Democrats. It's a when you go out and develop all of your missions in life based on revenge, they tell you to dig two graves because you're going to be joining whoever you think you're going to take down. Remember this from June 28th this year, Chris Matthews on MSNBC, following the announcement of the Supreme Court pick from President Trump. This is time for vengeance for what happened two years ago. And if they don't wreak the vengeance now with four and a half weeks, four and a half months to go before the election, they will not look very strong to their base. And I think they'll be under attack. Yeah. Yeah, that was a good plan, wasn't it? Wasn't it, Chris Matthews? If you don't, if you don't go after vengeance, and he was talking about Merrick Garland, he was talking about Hillary's loss. Uh, I'll, I'll tell you, talk about backfiring. Because the way the shrill arguments came out without facts, which was 180 degrees from what Susan Collins delivered today, they sounded like a bunch of sheeple especially when you hear the chanting, the chanting, the nonstop shrill chanting. It just grates and grates and grates. Now, I, I'd like to say this is a, uh, a good sign for the midterms, but a month in political terms is an eternity. It's an absolute eternity. So I have sort of a plan that I think the GOP should lay out in advance of the midterms that will keep the interest of those of us who are conservatives who want to try and save the House, although it's a really tough, tough event to try and pull off to save the House when the president uh, of the other party, when you know what happens when you get the House and the Senate and the presidency in the very next election, the midterms, History tells us it always balances out and the voters will give power back to the other party. So for the GOP to retain the House would be a little bit of a miracle. But I have a plan and I will share it with you. I also want to hear your thoughts on today. If you have any thoughts on today, it's Friday. Let's have some fun. 
And I have a really ridiculous question for you. I know the other day I asked a, a question about was the, what was the scariest movie of all time, and a lot of you came up with great answers. Well, today I reached maximum anger at the worst jingle ever. And I know you've heard jingles. It doesn't have to be a current jingle. It can be an old commercial jingle. What is the worst jingle ever? You know it's an earworm. It sticks in your ear. I'm going to give you mine, and you want to call in with yours, and you can sing it or you can chant it. You can say however you want. But when I hear 1877 cars for kids, I want to stab my radio. One eight seven seven cars for kids, and then they say donate your car today. They don't say donate your car today; they say donate your. What the hell is donate? All right, that's my crazy thought for the day. If you have a a thought for this Friday, a celebratory thought as we get into a great weekend, hopefully, hopefully, twenty four hours from now we'll have a new justice. Uh, give us a call, 844-900-BUCK, 844-900-2825. Mike Opelka in for Buck Sexton on the Buck Sexton Show. Testudo, my friends, and welcome to Friday on the Buck Sexton Show. Michael Pelka in for Buck once more. He'll be back on Monday, but he has given me the keys to the Friday party room. And we are celebrating this Friday on a number of levels. Number one, we are celebrating what appears to be a victory for conservatism and for the rule of law, if you will with Susan Collins and her dramatic announcement this afternoon, almost an hour-long speech. And uh, I have to tell you, my liberal friends on Twitter and Facebook are losing their minds. And uh, I could go the schadenfreude route and be happy about it, but I want them to understand. I don't want to scream and holler at them. I want them to understand if you take Susan Collins's statements and her arguments that were laid out today, there's no way you could have denied Kavanaugh his appointment. So I'm just saying, that's, that's kind of where I am tonight. And uh, if you missed it, uh, you might have been working. I know people have jobs to do. Uh, the address was remarkable. And you could go so many different directions with it. Uh, I, I should give you what, uh, what they say in the biz as the money shot, the big finish. At the end of this, here was the last minute of Susan Collins. Mr. President, we've heard a lot of charges and counter charges about Judge Kavanaugh. But as those who have known him best have attested, he has been an exemplary public servant, judge, teacher, coach, husband, and father. Despite the turbulent, bitter fights surrounding his nomination, my fervent hope is that Brett Kavanaugh will work 
to lessen the divisions in the Supreme Court so that we have far fewer 5-4 decisions and so that public confidence in our judiciary and our highest court is restored. Mr. President, I will vote to confirm Judge Kavanaugh. Thank you, Mr. President. And then there was a massive round of applause, a very long round of applause in the Senate. It was a very emotional day. And I'm sure it was very emotional for people on the other side. And you know what's interesting? Immediately following the announcement of Susan Collins, we had Joe Manchin running, running to hand the press his statement that he is, in fact, going to also vote. It's almost too funny. And then you hear this morning, Manchin called the White House early in the morning and said that, well, if uh, if Susan Collins votes, I'm going to vote for him, too. So, you know, that that's a good thing. Right, Mr. President, you won't come and do any more rallies in West Virginia against me because he's trying to retain his seat in a state that uh, Donald Trump won handily in 2016, a very, very red state that if uh, Joe Manchin did not support this nomination, he would probably have a tough time. So I'm sure there was some political horse trading there, kind of like the uh, Nebraska, the Cornhusker compromise that Barack Obama used to get Obamacare across the finish line. There's so much more to get to. I will give you a couple of other seminal moments from today. And also, the protesters aren't done yet. The protesters who are funded by some pretty big people. Yeah, I'm going to throw the Soros name out there uh, because uh, one of the women who yelled at Jeff Flake last week, a woman who got into the elevator and was screaming at Jeff Flake. Guess who she works for? Yeah, she works for a nonprofit social justice organization that has been funded to the tune of millions of dollars by one George Soros. And CNN gave her, I think, an uninterrupted five minutes of airtime today to spill her guts and sell her story. I'm sorry. We have to take the mask off these people and point out that this is a well-crafted attack on our way of life and our government. We'll get into it. But join the conversation. You know the number, 844-900-BUCK, 844-900-2825 on The Buck Sexton Show. He's holding the line for America. Buck Sexton is back. Well, Buck will be back officially on Monday. Uh, Michael Pelka, the godfather, sitting in for my friend Buck Sexton and uh, enjoying the heck out of this place, this audience. Happy Friday. You made it. Pat yourself on the back. Not only did you make it, but I think reason and logic and... The system worked and it it didn't work really well because only one Democrat out of 49 Democrats is voting to confirm Judge Kavanaugh to elevate him to Justice Kavanaugh. Only one out of 49. That's not a good thing. That really is not a good thing. 
But there is good news on a new poll out of Fox that says uh, the things that are most important to people in the midterms, the number one thing is uh, the economy. Now, number two is health care. And if you paid attention today to Susan Collins or yesterday, if you've been listening to President Trump in his speeches at these campaign rallies, he has brought up specifically how he wants to make sure the pre-existing conditions are protected. So with the number one issue being the economy and the number two issue being health care, the president, uh, well, he's already addressed the economy with the economy. The economy's working its butt off right now. 3.7% unemployment, the lowest since 1969. And companies are now uh, actually working to lure people who left the employment world to come back to work. They're trying to come up with new ways to get some of the women who left to go have families to come back to work. They're trying to get people to fill jobs in the manufacturing sector to come back to work. There are thousands upon thousands of good jobs in both manufacturing and in the trades that are unfilled. All you have to do is listen to what Mike Rowe talks about. If you don't follow Mike Rowe on Twitter or Facebook or visit Mike Rowe Works online, Mike Rowe Works, all one word, you're missing out. If you would like to have a career that you're probably never going to worry about being unemployed, there are literally tens of thousands of jobs that are good paying jobs. We're talking 50 to 150 grand a year. And they are jobs you might need a little trade school for, but MicroWorks will show you how you can uh, get a skill and then go to work. And Mike puts out scholarships for stuff like that. So uh, check that out. Didn't mean to get off track. Oh, also the fifth number one in all the top issues of what voters are looking for in the midterms. The fifth thing, guns. Because Democrats are going to try and make gun rights, again, a big deal. And Donald Trump is, uh, I think Donald Trump is throwing a couple of bones towards the people who are kind of squishy on guns. Now, I'm a Second Amendment guy. I'm a lifetime NRA member. I'm a concealed carry weapons permit holder. I'm a believer in getting trained and being sure you know how to operate your firearms and keep them safe. But I also understand there are people who are hoplophobes. Another bonus word of the day today, hoplophobia. You don't know what a hoplophobe is? Hoplophobe is someone who, when they hear the word gun, they immediately lose it. I have a little sister who hears the word gun, and instantly her blood pressure goes up. I could bite a Pop-Tart into the shape of a gun, and my sister would have a problem. But the president has said he is going to sign something on bump stocks. And if you are a fan of bump stocks, then uh, I'm sorry. But uh, if if it's illegal to own an automatic weapon, a fully automatic weapon, I think bump stocks are skirting that law. And I think we could win points with some of those uh, hoplophobes. If we would say bump stocks aren't a good thing. If you disagree with me, convince me. Uh, it's just one of those things that this gun owner, this NRA member, 
is in lockstep with the president on it. So that, that's where I'm at. All right. That's a couple of things that are going on today because we still have a lot to get to for the midterms. And I will give you my uh, plan for how I think the GOP can stay engaged and stay moving in the same direction towards the midterms. Because if the midterms were uh, held uh, tomorrow or next Tuesday, I think the GOP would have a good chance of maintaining control of the House and of picking up a seat or two in the Senate. So there is a chance that if the midterms were held under the current conditions with the current kind of attitude that we have, that uh, we won't see Speaker Pelosi. And that's the ad I would keep making is an ad with Nancy Pelosi with the speaker's gavel talking about taking away your, your tax cuts, talking about putting back some of the regulations that Donald Trump has managed to get rolled back. So I think there's some, uh, some possibilities there for us, but it's just not Nancy Pelosi that's going to maybe save the House. I think what we need to do, and this is the Senate needing to stand up, I think the Senate needs to step forward, especially the Judiciary Committee, and find out who leaked the letter from Professor Ford, who leaked the letter, who was behind, well, we know who was behind the doxing of the three senators, but I think we need to find out what was in the envelope that Sheila Jackson Lee handed to one of Christine Blasey Ford's attorneys just happened to happen on the same day that the doxing happened. So I, I think we need to see the Senate stand up and push forward with some of the things that uh, Grassley has been talking about, investigating the people who perpetrated this fraud for the past three weeks that almost cost us a Supreme Court nominee and also did considerably damage the reputation of a good man in Judge Kavanaugh. So uh, I, I hope we can change that. I hope we can. All right, now I got a couple of things I have to point out to you. We, uh, we railed against the Democrats in the last week or two, saying that uh, they, they're hypocrites for what they were doing to people. And um, there's something that came out from the Washington Free Beacon today that shows the Democrats uh, just really being disingenuous, and especially as it relates to the FBI. So I want to play a couple of clip montages. And these are Democrats talking about the FBI. Remember before last week when Jeff Flake got whispered to by Chris Coons, before last week, all we kept hearing from Democrats was we need the FBI to investigate. We need the FBI. The FBI's got to get involved in this. You, you need the FBI. This, uh, this is what they were saying. Oh, no, that's chanting. I'm sorry. This is it. Here we go. The FBI's not biased. The FBI's professional. Let the FBI, let the professionals. Investigate agency of consummate skill and integrity. We'll have no partisan interest in this. It will follow the fact. Let them talk to the various witnesses. I think we have an extraordinary amount of talent in that agency who are really well equipped to do this kind of investigation. 
So that was the Democrats a couple of weeks ago demanding the FBI get involved and look into Judge Kavanaugh. And then we got the report that uh, was delivered after the FBI looked into Judge Kavanaugh. And then suddenly the tune changed. This is what it sounded like coming out of the mouths of the same people. The same Democrats. Have you had a chance to go through this FBI report on Judge Kavanaugh? Yes, yes I have. And so what's your reaction? It's a complete cover-up. It's a complete sham. The investigation was a sham. It smacks of a whitewash, even a cover-up. This investigation is a scam. What a disappointment. They have not done the in-depth, fulsome review that we had hoped. It's a sham, and it's a con job. I'm actually shocked. I'm actually shocked. I don't think people should be micromanaging the FBI investigation. It's seven days. That's bad enough. I wanted to use the word farce. It, it looks to be a product of an incomplete investigation that was limited, uh, perhaps by the White House. I don't know. We had many fears that this was a very limited process. Those fears have been realized. Yes, of course they have. How did it go from the most honored institution in government to a sham investigation in just a matter of days? How did it go that way? It went that way because the Democrats did not get what they wanted. Plain and simple. Michael Pelka sitting in for Buck Sexton. You want to join the conversation? You want to join the celebration on this Friday? where it looks like uh, we will get Judge Kavanaugh across the finish line. Just around the corner, we're going to talk to a friend of mine, Matt Schlapp from the American Conservative Union, and uh, we'll talk more about this. Plus, you can weigh in on the worst jingle ever. I believe the worst jingle ever is that one eight seven seven cars for kids Somebody sent me a Spanish version of that, too. It's equally irritating. If you want to weigh in, share your thoughts, share your worst jingle, 844-900-BUCK, 844-900-2825 on the Buck Sexton Show. Happy Friday, Mike Opelka in for Buck Sexton. My friend is uh, coming back on Monday, so I'll be here today. And then Buck back in his chair on Monday. So the Godfather's in the house. And uh, I will get to your calls as we celebrate Friday and we also talk about uh, the worst jingles ever. I, I have to share some information with you, but it doesn't have a jingle. I was just making an online purchase, and you know, every time I open the the news files on my computer, I read about online security breaches. It's hard not to worry about where my data's going. It makes online purchases or simply accessing email that could put my private information at risk. I'm being tracked online by social media sites, marketing companies, my mobile or internet provider, and, and not only can these groups record your browsing history, but they can sell it to other corporations who want to profit from your information. That's why this show, the Buck Sexton Show, has decided to take back our privacy by using ExpressVPN. ExpressVPN, which means virtual private network, has easy-to-use apps that run seamlessly in the background of your computer, your phone, your tablet, 
And turning on ExpressVPN protection only takes one click. So protect yourself with ExpressVPN. It costs less than seven bucks a month. It's rated ExpressVPN is rated the number one VPN service by TechRater. Comes with a 30-day money-back guarantee. And if you ever use public Wi-Fi and want to keep hackers and spies from seeing your data, ExpressVPN is the solution. If you don't want to hand over your online history to your internet provider or data resellers, ExpressVPN is the answer. So protect your online activity today and find out how you can get three months free at expressvpn.com slash buck. That's expressvpn.com slash buck. You get three months free with a one-year package, expressvpn.com slash buck. Get on it. Okay, we're celebrating Friday. And Lee in Quincy, Mass. is celebrating. I think it's pronounced Quincy, though, isn't it, Lee? Yeah, if you live in Massachusetts, it sounds like a Z at the end, Quincy, but it's... Quincy, but I'm real proud to be in New England tonight because Maine used to be part of Massachusetts, but uh, that was one of the greatest orations I've heard, and I'm just real happy. I, I, that's all I can say. Did you watch the whole thing? Yeah, I watched it. Yeah, I, did you hear me talking about how I didn't see it first? I listened to it on the radio, and then I watched it later. I was more impressed after it. When I watched it, because I realized this GOP is finally starting to get its presentation act together. You know, the two women in the background, the whole setup was just perfect. Well, you saw like an old Yankee Republican. Uh, that's what it was. Even though in the past, you know, she, she's been, you know, confusing. But I mean, today I got to give her credit. I mean, God bless her. Just beautiful. Yeah, I think she laid out a prima facie case on why this guy deserves to be where he's going to be, hopefully, after tomorrow, and why all of the hooting and hollering, while it should not be listened to as uh, legitimate criminal charges, but she also brought up, I thought, a really respectful case for the victim, the alleged victim here, not a victim of Judge Kavanaugh, but of somebody I, I was so impressed, Lee, and and I'm not usually a Susan Collins fan, so that's a good... Now, did you have a bad jingle to share with us? Of course I do. I got the worst jingle. It used to be the SpaghettiOs uh, commercial. Well, which one? You got to go way back for that. That's uh, the neat round spaghetti you can eat with a spoon. Uh-oh, SpaghettiOs. Oh, I, I remember just uh-oh, SpaghettiOs, but now you reminded me. The neat round spaghetti you can eat with a spoon. <laughs> Uh-oh, SpaghettiOs. <laughs> now, you're in Quincy, Mass., and there's a lot of good Italian food in Massachusetts. Did your family ever allow you to have SpaghettiOs? <laughs> no. You can't no. have spaghetti in Boston. No. no. We were not allowed to have spaghetti in a can. My mother was like, you're not eating spaghetti out of a can. That's a good one, Lee. I'm putting that down. SpaghettiOs jingle. Thank you. Happy weekend. Thanks for checking in. John in Pennsylvania also wants to give Susan Collins a pat on the back. Testudo, John. Hi, how are you doing? I'm good. Uh, yeah, I wanted to, I wanted to say that um, I think one of the reasons why the speech was so appealing to a lot of people is because of uh, speaking truth to power. I think that's one of the reasons why Trump is so popular with people, because we're so used to all these politicians just, you know, saying one thing, doing something else, you know, never following up. It all sounds good, come up to election. 
But when somebody actually speaks from their heart and speaks, you know, common sense, truth to power, before Trump, that was a pretty rare thing. And I think she tapped into that vein by, you know, pointing out some of the inconsistencies and these things that people look at the television and they're just like, you know, like, why are you, <laughs> why would somebody say this? Why would you go back to a party, you know, 10 times where, you know, people are being drugged or just stupid stuff that anybody with an ounce of common sense just has to say, you know, this is, and the, uh, one thing I can say is the media has been so complicit in this and I hope these people never get any power. I hope everybody goes out and votes. Don't just vote out these people, vote out the media. It'll, it'll drive them crazy. Right. Uh, it's a great, it's a great point. Any jingle you want to share with us? A bad jingle that haunts you? You know, yeah. When you just said that to that other guy, I was thinking the one that popped into my head, which could have been that good of stuff, I guess, because I don't think it's around anymore. If you think it's butter, but it's not, it's chiffon. Oh my God! Uh, if you think it's like butter, my, but it's not, uh, long-term memory somewhere, I think. Oh, that's a good bad one. Thank you. That's an earworm that's in my head now too. Have a great weekend, sir. I appreciate you. Michael Palka in for Buck Saxton just around the corner. We're going to check in with Matt Schlapp. Matt's wife works in the White House. I've known Matt for years from CPAC and the American Conservative Union. He is a good conservative guy. He's a Trump guy. Died in the wool, and he makes a lot of sense. We'll hang out with Matt. We'll talk about today. Maybe we'll talk jingles next on the Buck Sexton Show. I am a coffee drinker through and through team. Every day, it's how I get my day started, and it's how I push through the day. Multiple cups, and it's not something that I think has to go along with left-wing politics, okay? I'm sick of these commie coffee companies telling me that I need to kneel during the anthem or I need to worry about a bathroom policy, any of this other crap. How about just delicious coffee brought to you by veterans of the United States Armed Forces? That's what I drink every day, Black Rifle Coffee. Black Rifle Coffee was founded by former special operations vets, and it is roast-to-order delicious coffee that can be delivered right to your door. This guarantees you're getting fresh premium coffee with every order. No more lines, no more rushing to the checkout, none of that stuff, okay? Black Rifle makes a hell of a cup of coffee. Try it for yourself. I'm making converts at my office left and right. Visit BlackRifleCoffee.com slash buck and receive 15% off your order. That's BlackRifleCoffee.com slash buck for 15% off. BlackRifleCoffee.com slash buck. Buck Sexton. Permission. Decoding the news and disseminating information with actionable intelligence. One small thing. Make no mistake. America. Ready. Great. You're a great American. Again. This is the Buck Sexton Show. Activate. Former CIA analyst. Former member of the NYPD. Buck Sexton. It is Buck Sexton. Now. Testudo, my friends, and welcome to the Buck Sexton Show. Michael Pelka sitting in for Buck tonight on this historic Friday evening where we are talking about the breaking news this afternoon following uh, Susan Collins of Maine, Senator Collins, letting us know she is going to vote to confirm Judge Kavanaugh in the Supreme Court nomination process. And following that, Joe Manchin, the Democrat from the very red state of West Virginia, announced that he, too, would be voting for Judge Kavanaugh, which essentially makes it a lock now that Judge Kavanaugh will get an upgrade, a new business card that reads Justice Kavanaugh. And I, for one, am very happy about it. We talked in the first hour of the show about the speech that Susan Collins gave today. It was epic. 
No other word you can put on it. Epic. It was a remarkable argument for the judge. And I would be surprised in the, uh, in the aftermath of this speech where more people have the opportunity, more people in the Senate, I'm looking at Democrats, more people in the Senate would have the opportunity to read that speech, maybe to watch it again and think, you know what, she's right. She's absolutely right. And then you look at the picture. I know I harped on it earlier. You look at the picture that the GOP presented with Susan Collins flanked by two other female senators. And you realize, okay, the GOP's getting its act together. As Shelley Moore Capito and uh, Shohide Smith, both female Republican senators, were flanking, flanking Susan Collins. And you didn't get to see it because the cameras were pretty tight. But Joni Ernst was up there, too. So while the GOP often gets a lot of heat for being the party of old white guys, you, are, you have a, a lot younger push, I think, coming from the GOP these days. I'm, I'm hopeful that there can be more strength and youth in the Republican Party going forward. And Collins is more often than not an independent spirit in the GOP. So today was a surprise for me. I, I kind of a week ago, I, th- I thought 50 50 were 50 50 on on Flake uh, or uh, and because of Chris Coons, a senator in my state here in Delaware, that Greg Gutfeld very cleverly referred to uh, Chris Coons as the flake whisperer. Yeah, I was worried that this added investigation, these seven days of additional investigation by the FBI would have been enough to get the the Democrats to say, well, we have to investigate every charge that came up. We have to look at every single charge that has come forward. So um, I'm very relieved that we are where we are. And I'm very relieved that it looks like due process still has a role in our country, even if this was not a trial. I think Kavanaugh deserved the same fair treatment he would have expected if he were charged with a crime, which he basically was. He was charged with several crimes, the sexual molestation and gang rape and worse. And uh, I'm real happy because I get to celebrate this day with a guy. I, I just enjoy him because his spirit invades CPAC every year. His name is Matt Schlapp. He is the chairman of the American Conservative Union. You know him, and he always says his wife is more famous than he is. But I would argue that I think they're equally famous. Matt Schlapp, welcome to the Buck Sexton Show, sir. Mike, what a night to be with you. You know, it's it's a little bit of history. I have to tell you, I am grinning ear to ear tonight. Uh, What a speech today from Susan Collins. She did a great job. She did a great job. Look, I'm sitting here with my wonderful wife, Mercy, and uh, at the end of a long couple of weeks, and uh, I don't think it's illegal on on the radio to tell folks that we opened up a bottle of wine, and I was telling her I feel, (laughs) yeah, beer, sorry, cold beer, and I just feel like we've all been through the ringer. I can't imagine uh, what it feels like for the Kavanaugh's, but we've all been through the ringer. It's been very emotional, and uh, but very important that we win this battle. It's it's vital that we go forward, not just for 
the party, not just for the president, not just for the judge and his family, but for what Collins laid out is the rule of law and, and America's legal system, I think, would have taken one in the gut had we not gone forward. And I, I know we're not done yet. I know we're, we're not across the finish line for about another 20 hours, but it's pretty much a fait accompli, is it not, Matt? It really is. And, um, you know, the only thing uh, is we've had every curveball thrown at us in this process. Uh, I do think that um, America has to figure out a way to deal with our divisions. And I think, of course, I'm a partisan on the conservative side, as are you, Mike. But the I think that the, the left has become so radicalized, they're so hate-filled, and they would justify almost any action to get the ends that they want, that I think the sane... Uh, peace-loving, uh, kind of like the Democrats that you're, that were our grandparents, for many of us who, you know, I have origins in the Democratic Party in my family. I think those folks need to find a way to recapture their party, because it's quite ugly. When I see the scenes of the Senate hallways over the last couple of days, I, I think it's awfully ugly. And maybe that shouldn't, maybe those people don't properly characterize where the Democratic Party is, but I'm, I'm, I'm fearful that actually is exactly where the Democratic Party is. And if that's the case, every battle we face going forward is going to get worse until the American people decide that they just want none of that. Well, here's one of the things that I brought up, Matt, and I have a question. For, I, I have a personal question I want to get to you before you guys get to the next beer or the next can of wine or whatever you're celebrating with. But I am nervous that this victory happened too quickly, too soon, because we've got four weeks before the midterms, and that's an eternity in political life. Can we keep this engagement in the conservatives, in the GOP, to possibly save the House? Is there enough energy to drive us forward for four more weeks? Yeah, I mean, really, if you think about it, we, you know, the Supreme Court should be so separate from politics that it shouldn't have implications on the election, but because of what the Democrats did, it is the number one issue in the election. And I understand your concern about keeping the enthusiasm going, but we have to think about this. If we, as a party, and we're unable to make this happen, and now that the filibuster is dead, it just it just took Republican votes. If we were unable to do this as a party, then I would be worried, because I talked to too many people around the country. I've traveled to a lot of states um, and too many people around the country told me the same thing, that if the Republican Party can't simply keep this promise, the most important of its promises, then they just don't want to be a Republican anymore. And I kind of shared that as well. I kind of felt like this is a moment where if my party just can't stand for something, then I'm not so sure I want to be a part of it. So now we have the opposite of that. We have people who feel proud of their party. They're proud of Mitch McConnell. They're proud of Lindsey Graham. They're proud of Susan Collins. Um, I saw Lindsey Graham at Fox News the other day and gave him a big, huge hug and I've been a real critic of Lindsey Graham, but like a lot of these people who hated Donald Trump and were never Trumpers and have come around because they see Donald Trump is actually keeping his promises, I'm going to do the same for these Republicans who kept their promise. If they kept their promise to support a constitutionalist uh, Supreme Court justice, uh, then we ought to applaud them for it. I think actually our movement, this coalition, it's a coalition of Republicans and Trump supporters and conservatives. Most of that coalition are, are conservatives. I think that there's great promise now, more promise than I felt in a very long time. We're talking to Matt Schlapp. Uh, I call him a friend. You probably know him as the chairman of the American Conservative Union. If you've been to CPAC, you recognize him. He's also 
all over TV, even brave enough to go on MSNBC. Matt, uh, if you would have told me three months ago that I would be doing exactly what you're doing, praising Mitch McConnell, Lindsey Graham, and Susan Collins, I would have said, you're drunk, Matt Schlapp, go home. But that's ex- <laughs> it's exactly what's happened. This is, this is a little bit of a miracle. Well, let's talk about Mitch McConnell just for a minute here. I mean, it was Mitch McConnell who deserves the credit for keeping all those senators together when we had the majority in the Senate and when uh, Merrick Garland was uh, picked for the Supreme Court opening. That was Mitch McConnell's doing. He kept those senators together. He kept all of them together. And that's why we're where we are. Well, you're 100% and, and correct. He deserves yeah. great credit for that, and he, and now he deserves great credit for the fact that he has, he, you know, not done yet. Uh, tomorrow uh, will be the second Trump nominee that gets shepherd, shepherded through the Senate, and under increasingly difficult circumstances. And I'm going to make a prediction. I think we're going to have another one next year. And uh, and if you thought this one was rough, just wait till you get to the next one because the next one could be replacing a liberal. And uh, and I think the stakes. I think the charges will be even more outlandish, and so will the tactics. Well, I, I hope we have some lesson, as you called for us to look for some kind of unifying moment, and Susan Collins did as well. I've been telling everybody, go pick up Zell Miller's autobiography and read what Democrats used to be like. You know, read about a guy who was a blue dog Democrat from the South, who had reasonable approaches to uh, changing minds and different opinions. And I think that's kind of the mold that the Democrats have lost complete touch with. So uh, I'm pushing that. In the time remaining, Matt, just quick question. You have, what, five daughters? You and Mercy have five young, young daughters? We do. We have five daughters. That's exactly right. How has this last three weeks been at the dinner table's in the Schlapp house? That's a really great question because I've had a lot of pretty serious conversations with my two older girls. One is a sophomore in high school, um, goes to a high school that's kind of a sister school to Georgetown Prep, and they all feel so maligned by the, uh, by the treatment of these Catholic institutions. I think there's a real unacceptable uh, talk about Catholics and their institutions, which we're disgusted about. And I've talked to my eighth grader, and I've talked to him how... They have to be careful out there with social media and drinking and, of course, boys and, you know, all these little lessons of life, which are really important to know. But I also, uh, you know, and what happens at our dinner table a lot is because they see their parents on TV, which they think is really kind of like no big deal. But, you know, you got to fight. And I'll tell you what Brett Kavanaugh taught me this last couple of weeks. And I wouldn't have thought Brett was this type of person as well as I know him. He's pretty, he's pretty mild-mannered, you know. He's low-key. But you know what he did when they went to went to character assassination? He fought back. He fought back hard. And when we talk about the, around the dinner table, we talk about that because they see their parents being criticized, and uh, and we tell them that we're proud of what we do, and they don't have to agree with us politically when they grow up. They have to agree with us now, by the way, Mike. It's just mandatory. But when they grow <laughs> up, they're not be allowed to have whatever beliefs they want. But we talk about the need in a democracy to stand up for yourself and to speak your mind. And I think for especially young women, that's a really important lesson. Well, it's important that they know they have that arrow in their quiver and also that it's not the first arrow you pull out every time, you know, and I think Kavanaugh showed us that he waited until he had to go there 
and then he fought back. I thought that was a, a very powerful time, and I thought today outdid it with Susan Collins. Matt Schlapp, I can't thank you for taking time out of what should be a celebratory dinner night for you and your wife, and I appreciate you for being a friend, not only of mine, but of this show and of uh, conservatism everywhere. Thanks, Mike. You're a good man. I have to say this. God bless America. I think we have a great future before us. From your lips, God, keep us going the right way. Thank you, Matt. (laughs) We'll see you soon. There he goes, Matt Schlapp. Uh, If you've never been to CPAC, which happens every year in the spring, it's even in a non-presidential election year, it is worth the trip if you're anywhere near D.C. And if you have a young person who's looking at politics and interested in politics, especially from a conservative point of view, it's really important that you get them involved because there's training and uh, good information there as well. All right, I'm rambling on. When we get back, let's talk more about today. I'll give you more of Susan Collins. We'll look into Chicago and what happened. I'm worried about my old hometown. And if you have a thought, 844-900-BUCK, 844-900-2825. Michael Pelka in for Buck Sexton. It is the Buck Sexton Show on a Friday, and we are celebrating what appears to be the confirmation, impending confirmation of Judge Kavanaugh. We're also looking for the worst jingles, and uh, a buddy of mine, Willie, sent me a link to this one. This is one of the worst jingles. I apologize if this goes in your head and stays there. Yeah, the Meow Mix commercial. One of the worst jingles ever. But you know what? We all remember it. We've all gone meow, 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 meow. Yes, I know. I'm sorry. Uh, We're also uh, talking about Kavanaugh. We're talking about anything else you want to talk about. It's a Friday. And Dr. Rick in Maryland is checking in. Dr. Rick, what kind of doctor in what part of Maryland? I'm a clinical neuropsychologist in the People's Republic of Montgomery County, Maryland. Oh, my goodness. You are I'm one it, of the very few conservative shrinks with the NRA card. So. <laughs> wow. Well, I, I understand. I'm a, a state north of you. I'm in Maryland. I'm in the Delaware. And uh, yeah. I, I'm surrounded as in, if you're in northern Delaware, it's as blue as could be. And I'm surrounded by socialists, communists, and anarchists. They're some nice people. They just don't understand the world. They don't understand. I've been blessed to be on a, a pretty prestige, on the faculty of prestigious medical school that I won't mention. Um, they don't know what to do with me. And I'm the token, you know, uh, conservatarian. Um, and for me, what is absolutely mind-numbing is how very, very bright people can be, you know, literally so brainwashed by mainstream media that they, they, you know, even though there are no facts supporting uh, Dr. Ford and lots of of questions that remain unanswered um, regarding motivations and even just the veracity of some of the things she said, and they will ignore all these things 
and think the worst of uh, Judge Kavanaugh, you know, despite when the facts are pointed out to them. Well, I go back to everything that Chris Matthews said the day he was nominated. It's only 10 seconds long, but this was Chris Matthews, June 28th of this year. This is time for vengeance for what happened two years ago. And if they don't wreak the vengeance now with four and a half weeks, four and a half months to go before the election, they will not look very strong to their base. And I think they'll be under attack. So it was all about vengeance. It was. And you know about revenge. So I, I just uh, I'm stunned by it. But yeah, we all we all have liberal friends and we have to kind of be quiet around them. I've been sending kitten videos to people in the last two days because I knew we were going to make it across the finish line. All right, Doc, do you have a jingle? I've got 30 seconds left. Do you have a jingle that tortures um, you every day? I am not a fan of the Dr. Pepper. I'm a pepper. She's a pepper. He's very, would you like to be a pepper, too? I just it's it, that would just play over and over in my head. Okay, I'm putting that on the list. That goes right with SpaghettiOs, and if you think it's butter, but it's not, it's chiffon. I'm a pepper, you're a pepper. Yeah, that was a horrible one. Thank you, Doctor. I'll see you somewhere in the region. You never know where I'll turn up in Baltimore. It's Michael Pelka in for my buddy, Buck Sexton. Join the conversation, 844-900-BUCK, 844-900-2825. He's back with you now, because when it comes to the fight for truth, the buck never stops. Well, the buck did stop today. Testudo, my friends, Michael Pelka in for Buck Sexton, coming to you live from the constitutionally protected free speech bunker in the woods of Delaware. Yeah, I'm right here in the middle of the blue part of our state trying to make sure free speech, freedom, libertarianism, and capitalism are going to thrive, not just survive, thrive. We're talking about the day. We're talking about Susan Collins, a speech that Lindsey Graham even said. Wow. Lindsey Graham. We talked, if you were here half an hour ago, we were talking with Matt Schlapp of the American Conservative Union. You know, Matt, he's the white haired guy you see on Fox and even on MSNBC. Uh, And and we're talking about the fact that months ago, if you would have said Mitch McConnell, Susan Collins and Lindsey Graham would be the three stars of the GOP. We'd all go, get out of here. Go home. You're drunk. But there we are. And we're talking to you guys about today. And we're also talking about horrible jingles because I'm trying to get some of the horrible jingles out of my head. And uh, we've been reminded of some of the old ones, like, "Uh uh-oh, SpaghettiOs. And if you think it's butter, but it's not, it's chiffon. George in Pennsylvania is checking in. George Testuda, my friend. Hi, Michael. Great great pinch hitting here. Oh, thank you. Uh, You know, Buck and I go way, way, way back to the early days of the blaze. And now that we're both... Uh, no longer at the Blaze, but this show is still on the Blaze Radio. It's kind of cool, you know. It's kind of cool for us to all be together again. So, I'm real okay. thankful for the opportunity. What's on your mind tonight? I hate the way we let the Democrats set the tone of this. This they've tried to turn it into, oh, his ideas are radical, or, or not radical. They're wrong. He's got bad ideas. He's got bad. He, he's 
you have to worry about how, you know, his upbringing and all that kind of stuff. He's an originalist. An originalist follows the law. He, inter- he interprets the law the way it was written, which was the whole idea of having the law in the first place. When you have judges undoing that and rewriting the law, what you end up with is you end up with a committee, a, a dictatorship. It's a dictatorship by committee, but it's still a dictatorship. They are making new laws. They're making new rights. They're reinterpreting the, the language in a, in a totally, totally devoid of where it originally started. And we've got a week. They're going to be hammering on this. We've got a week to turn this around and try to explain what an originalist does as a judge and the fact that it's exactly what the Constitution designed was designed for. Well, you, you, George, you're 100% correct. And part of this starts not just uh, with what we talk about between ourselves, but Dana Perino, who I just think is one of the greatest people ever in media. Dana, And she's fair, too. Dana tweeted out today that we just don't understand our history. And I contend that's because we don't teach it. We don't teach American history. We don't teach the Constitution. We just finished, what was it, three weeks ago was Constitution Week. And I guarantee you the schools took the money to hand out the pocket constitutions. But nobody had a real discussion of the Constitution. No, And I, I'm lax myself, so that's why I carry one all the time. And I think that if you get judges on the Supreme Court who will follow this operating manual that's been handed to him and not rewrite the laws or reinterpret the laws, uh, I, I think we're going to be in a better place. And I also think this, this whole success of today is only part of what Donald Trump and Mitch McConnell have been able to do with the appointment of more judges that are getting confirmed at a record rate. And I think what's happened, they're not just mad at Kavanaugh. I think the Democrats woke up in the middle of this confirmation and went, do you have any idea how many judges Donald Trump is getting appointed? We are screwed for decades. And that's actually, I think, part of the anger. So, And the, judici- the judicial was always designed to be the weakest of the three branches. It was just designed as a referee on the court. Uh, I'm, well... I'm thinking basketball court right there, but they were, they were designed to be the referee. Here's what it says. If you have a disagreement about what it says, we will reread it for you and tell you what the laws say. They weren't, they weren't there to change uh, penalties into taxes. They weren't there to, to design new rights. If, if, if we need the judges to do that, what do we need Congress for? Well, I, I begin. I've asked that question many times. <laughs> I, you know, I've asked the question after some of the last Congresses. What do we need you guys for? Uh, you've created a bigger mess. It's a great point. Great points all around, George. Uh, did you have a jingle that uh, bothers you and gets in your ear and roots around? Well, maybe plop plop fizz fizz, but. Uh... But you know what? I'm an Alka-Seltzer fan, so as goofy as that jingle is, oh, what a relief it is. Thank you. Thanks, George. Have a great rest of your day and your weekend. I'll, uh, let's check in with Delaware. Floyd in Delaware. Testuda, my friend. And uh, what part of the small wonder are you calling from? 
Yeah, I'm in uh, Camden, Camden, Delaware. Okay. Well, hello, neighbor. How are you doing? Uh, uh, good, good, good. Thanks for taking my call. I don't have a jingle. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. I'll think of something later, I'm sure. All right. It'll be too late. That's okay. The, the reason I'm calling is because uh, I, I keep hearing all these, uh, the Democrat senators, everyone, when they're asked why they're opposing Kavanaugh, they all say the same thing. It's this credible testimony of Professor Ford, and, uh, and I'm waiting for someone to confront these guys and just say, hey, all right, explain that. Tell me what's credible. What's so credible about her testimony that that where Kavanaugh's is incredible? Because and no one is saying they all just keep repeating it like they all heard it on CNN or whatever. And everyone's using that same thing. Her credible testimony is why. And and no one. I haven't heard anyone address. I even had. I heard Trump even like he had to say it. He had to say at least once that her testimony was credible or whatever. But. No one's asking them and making them explain what is credible about their testament. They're just letting them say that, and they're getting away with it. The other thing I want to talk about is the ACLU. I heard the president, um, what's her name, Herman, the other day talking, saying that the same thing, you know, uh, her credible testimony is why they want to oppose Kavanaugh. And what she wants, what they want, is for a woman to be believed only by their accusation, by their testimony. She don't, she don't think they should have to have evidence. She don't think they should have to have any corroboration to their allegation, but that their testimony alone, their credible testimony alone, should be enough for a woman to be believed. And that's what the ACLU wants. And, and, and so that's it. That's the two parts. One, no one's confronting them on what's credible and what's not credible about his and then the ACLU and where they're heading, wanting this whole thing, you just got to be accused, and that's enough. Oh, I'm sorry, there's one more thing. The third thing is this whole, this whole thing about not believing Kavanaugh because he had a, uh, uh, an outburst or whatever, and that makes him automatically lying, automatically guilty. Well, Bill Clinton was calm, cool, and collective during the whole time when he was lying about all the accusations that he was found out uh, he was lying. So if that's the if that's what we're going by, how you know whether you get mad or it, then then Bill Clinton wouldn't have been guilty if that's how if that's what we're going by. Well, I don't, I don't when Cl- Clinton finally did get mad when he said, "You listen to me, I did not yeah. have sexual relations with that woman, Miss Lewinsky." He got mad. Yeah. So if we're going to play that game, here's, here's where I call him out, Floyd. Here's where I throw the Bravo Sierra flag on him. If you look at, at the testimony that Judge Kavanaugh gave, and it was emotional and powerful, I don't think he yelled. He raised his voice. I think he did get a little curt. He explained it in the op-ed in today's Wall Street Journal. We read it last night on the air. But a week earlier, when he was with Martha McCallum on Fox, He was accused of being robotic. He was accused of being dull and boring and giving robotic answers. Eight days later, when he gets emotional, he's accused of being too emotional. So you can't have it both ways. Either he's too robotic or he's too emotional. But you can't accuse him of both. And that's where I throw the Bravo Sierra flag on the Democrats so many times. But I really do thank God for Susan Collins today because... She made an incredible case and supported the victim or the accuser. We don't know. She was a victim of something, but not Judge Kavanaugh. She supported her 
and she supported, more importantly, the system which has been under attack, our very governmental system. This really, uh, I hope to God they teach this speech in schools. I know the the limousine liberals and the Mercedes Maoists who run college campuses are going to fight against it. But that speech today was nothing short of epic and maybe one of the best ones ever. That was just a massive moment. Thank you, Floyd. I'll see you somewhere down on the beach one day. We're heading down tomorrow. So uh, have a great weekend, sir. Uh, I think I have time for one more call. Let's check in with B in Pennsylvania. B, welcome to the Buck Sexton Show. How are you? Yes. Oh, thank you. Well, uh, these people do not understand what they read in the Constitution. It was written in uh, all English. They do not understand what they're reading. They do not understand American history. They are functional illiterates. Most of them in our, our government are. Read, for instance, the Article uh, 13 of the Constitution. It says here, it deals with the abolition of slavery. It says here in Section 1, neither slavery nor involuntary servitude. What do you make that out to be? For instance, when you see the word neither nor nor, they are speaking about two different groups. Well, I think they're speaking about slaves. What's the next group they're speaking about? Well, involuntary servitude is sort of like having a serf, having someone who is uh, your servant, which is, uh, but they're not doing it voluntarily. But yeah, you're absolutely right. Right. That's section one. And who are they? They are the people called indentured servants. Right. That were shipped from England to the colonies when they were colonizing the colonies to be slaves for seven years. The only thing between them and the black slaves were that their their term of slavery was for seven years. I love the fact that you have read this and you brought up the 13th Amendment here, which is so often quoted by so many of our uh, friends who are worried about the repealing of the 13th Amendment. It's not going to happen, first of all. B, where did you come from? I came from a British colony. I was born and raised British. I'm eight-something years old. Okay. I, what, were you from a uh, British colony in the islands? Yes. Well, I in have to say, Indies. platinum respect. My ancestors got there. Well, my ancestors got there by being sent in shackles from England to, to do involuntary servitude in the okay. British West Indies. Well, you certainly understand this country better than a lot of the kids who are uh, allegedly studying it in school. I thank you for joining the conversation tonight, B. God bless you, and have a great weekend, my friend. Testudo. There she goes. Uh, I'm so inspired by this audience every single time. Stepping aside for a quick break. When we get back, more of your calls. If you want to talk about the day, if you want to talk about bad jingles, if you want to talk about what's going down in Chicago or anything else, We talked China last night, learned some great stuff. The number is 844-900-BUCK, 844-900-2825, The Buck Sexton Show.
Michael Felke in for Buck Sexton on this fabulous Friday evening where we are celebrating the uh, eventual, but it looks like it is a fait accompli uh, passing of Judge Kavanaugh into the confirmation process for being a Supreme Court justice. Just scan during the break, scan over to Fox News, and they have a camera on the Senate floor where Senator Murkowski is explaining why she's voting no. And nobody's there. (laughs) I know I'm not supposed to laugh at this, but I'm having a schadenfreude moment. Senator Lisa Murkowski explaining why she's a no and uh, not going to vote for Judge Kavanaugh. It's over, Johnny. It's over. And behind her are empty chairs. When it was still uh, an important issue, you saw people everywhere. As a matter of fact, every senator was in their desk today, which was a really special thing. That's how you knew some major history was going down. But I also think there needs to be considerable worry that potential violence could be happening. Someone named Cat Calvin, who goes by Cat Calvin LA on the Twitter. She is the founder of Spread the Vote U.S. and uh, something called uh, SueAbecky.com. And uh, she said she got a Fast Company 100 Most Creative in Business and Instagram and Medium. She says uh, bravery is contagious. But she's also putting out on Twitter, never let Collins have a moment of peace in public again. So now we're advocating for making people's lives miserable. She's not the only one. There's more of this going on out there. And I worry for the safety and security of our elected officials. Uh, Let's check in real quickly with Terry in Florida. Terry, you wanted to share an irritating jingle and a scary movie. You want to get in on last night's or Monday's poll, too? Yeah, I missed the movie thing last night. The uh, scariest movie, considering what's going on in the world today, was The Passion of the Christ. Well, you can't, you can't ever argue with uh, the power of that movie. It was, it was well, such a powerful film. The, the, uh, the uh, trials of Jesus closely compares to the trials of the Supreme Court justice. Well... They're, they're both powerful moments, and I, I'm almost out of time. We've got about 20 seconds left. What's your jingle that tortures you? Don't feed me no baloney. Was that Oscar Mayer? That wasn't a national one. It was a local one in Flint, Michigan. Oh, okay. I didn't know that one. But thank you for sharing. Michael Pelka in for Buck Sexton. Here comes the Soros machine. Join us next hour. we got more. Buck Sexton. Permission. Decoding the news and disseminating information with actionable intelligence. One more thing. Make no mistake. America. Ready. Great. You're a great American again. This is the Buck Sexton Show. Activate. Former CIA analyst. Former member of the NYPD. Buck Sexton. It is Buck Sexton. Now. Testudo, my friends, Michael Pelka, the Godfather, sitting in for my friend Buck Sexton tonight. Buck will be back Monday, and he gave me the keys. The keys to the kingdom. So I've been here playing tonight. I was here last night. I appreciate this audience so much, more than you will ever know. Thank you for playing along on Facebook and Twitter, at Stunt Brain on Twitter. The old Twitter handle never dies. 
and here on the radio. Thank you for participating. It is a day of history, a day that will go down in history, and one where the GOP will get credit for the actions of a brave and brilliant woman in Senator Susan Collins. You want to join the conversation tonight in this last hour, 844-900-BUCK, 844-900-2825. We're talking about everything, everything. And uh, it's no surprise that the people on the far left have gone on the attack on Senator Susan Collins. And, uh, you know, people are writing things like, if I, if I die from getting an illegal abortion, drop my body off at Senator Susan Collins's house. If those people had actually listened to Susan Collins' speech, if they'd actually done their homework and read up on who Susan Collins is, the woman who saved Judge Kavanaugh's nomination, the woman who gave one of the most elegant and well-crafted speeches, political speeches I have ever heard, She's pro-choice. She pointed out that previous Republican Supreme Court nominees who were freaking out the left, previous nominees were said to have been, oh, they're just waiting to overturn Roe v. Wade. Well, in some cases, those justices actually wrote the defense of Roe in the arguments after those cases were brought up. Susan Collins, not exactly somebody who's out there trying to push a pro-life agenda. So the left is freaking out. And I'm worried it's only going to get worse. You're talking about dumping your dead body on Susan Collins's house or at her house, her front door. I just, I have to think that these people are not people, but sheeple. And in watching some of the protests last week, I was in Washington, D.C., uh, I was in the Senate office building watching the protests, record, recording it, transmitting some of it, if you saw it on Facebook or Twitter. And I was reminded of the Occupy Wall Street crowd. And I remember in 2012, in the earliest days of the blaze, when both Buck and I were the only two people at the blaze who were allowed to go and get deep into Occupy Wall Street at Zuccotti Park. I was spending evenings at Zuccotti and Buck was embedded with some of the black masked anarchists that were running around the city. And we were trading information on this. These people would communicate in manners and, that I've never seen before. They would do what they call call and repeat. And part of it is because they weren't allowed to have an electric or electronic uh, amplification of what they were trying to get across. So they would have to chant out what they were wanting people to do. And today, as we watched some of the protesters losing their minds and running around the Senate, we had flashbacks to Occupy Wall Street. Let me give you an example of what I'm talking about. Does that sound like people capable of independent thought? And I know what you're thinking. Oh, that was an isolated case. No, just a few minutes later in the basement 
where the uh, protesters had finally figured out the senators aren't coming through the main lobby. They're going in the basement. They were gathering there, too. Summoned to vote. Summoned to vote. Let's go watch the vote. Let's go watch the vote. In offices that you wish to communicate with. In offices that you wish to communicate with. It just becomes like a strange church of protesters. A really strange church of protesters. And I think these lost boys and mostly lost girls don't understand the full issue. They're not looking at facts. They're only looking at emotions. And it really is frustrating. And then moments after that was captured... Susan Collins was going in for the vote on cloture and she walked into the the uh, same hallway where the robots were, where these folks were. And she was accosted by both protesters and reporters. Many women live in fear. How do you think Kavanaugh will make us feel? Excuse us, I'm sorry. Senator, have you made your final decision how you will vote on Brett Kavanaugh? I will be. I will be voting yes on proceeding what? to the final confirmation vote, and I will announce my intentions on how to vote later today. Thank you. That was Susan Collins earlier today before she delivered that epic address tonight. It was just a magical day. And again, I, I go back to the discussion we had an hour ago on this very radio show. If you would have told me, earlier this year, four months ago, that Lindsey Graham, Mitch McConnell, and Susan Collins would be the three heroes, the salvation of Donald Trump's presidency and his Supreme Court justice, I would have said, you're out of your mind. You need to put down the pipe. But no, that's exactly how this worked out. Susan Collins gave such a brilliant and measured address today. I have to give you a little bit of a snippet of what she said, talking about the process. Because she really gave a history lesson. She gave a lesson in law and logic and decency. Our Supreme Court confirmation process has been in steady decline for more than 30 years. One can only hope that the Kavanaugh nomination is where the process has finally hit rock bottom. Against this backdrop, it is up to each individual senator to decide what the Constitution's advice and consent duty means. I thought that was brilliant. And, you know, we were talking to Matt Schlapp earlier, and Matt said that he thinks next year, 2019, there may be another retirement on the Supreme Court and with that retirement, it's more than likely going to be a liberal justice, which means then the court, with a pick from Donald Trump, would swing from a 5-4 conservative to liberal advantage to a 6-3. And that is going to be too much for liberals to handle. That, that change in the ratio would absolutely make everybody on the left go nuts. And it would be uh, it'd be Armageddon for them, it'd be legal Armageddon for them. So uh, uh, the, the biggest thing I think Susan Collins did today in her argument uh, that she made her case 
was to talk about something that the left would not let us get through. And that was the presumption of innocence. That if you were charged with something, you're accused of doing something in this country, if we don't hang on to the presumption of innocence, then it is all over for America as a, as a civil society. The presumption of innocence is relevant to the advice and consent function when an accusation departs from a nominee's otherwise exemplary record. I worry that departing from this presumption could lead to a lack of public faith in the judiciary and would be hugely damaging to the confirmation process moving forward. Some of the allegations levied against Judge Kavanaugh illustrate why the presumption of innocence is so important. I am thinking in particular not of the allegations raised by Professor Ford, but of the allegation that when he was a teenager, Judge Kavanaugh drugged multiple girls and used their weakened state to facilitate gang rape. You know what's most amazing here? Is that when you think about it, the apoplectic behavior of Democrats ultimately helped confirm Judge Kavanaugh. And most importantly, the absolute insane charges brought by Michael Avenatti, the guy that brought us Stormy Daniels, or maybe she brought him to us. But Michael Avenatti, who tried to make this all about himself and his delusional dreams of being a 2020 presidential candidate, Avenatti bring forward these insane charges that were debunked within 24 hours, but still repeated by the mainstream media. Avenatti may have driven Susan Collins to make this choice. She talked about this, this wild allegation. This outlandish allegation was put forth without any credible supporting evidence and simply parroted public statements of others. Yeah, as she's talking about the media. She didn't go after the media too much. She could have. Susan Collins could have taken the media apart. But what she did was make a well-reasoned, well-crafted, and a cogent argument for Judge Kavanaugh by saying that what was brought up about him was totally, totally without any credible evidence, and certainly not even a preponderance of the evidence. What a brilliant day. If you got a thought about... About Susan Collins, you got a thought about Kavanaugh, you have thought about anything. It's Friday, it's Freestyle Friday. The phone lines are open 844 900 Buck, 844 900 Buck, which is 2825. I'm also trying to figure out what's the worst jingle ever, the most annoying jingle. My personal favorite for the winner of the most annoying, you hear it everywhere. It's the, the one with the kids. You know it. One eight seven seven cars for kids. Yeah, it's everywhere. I know. It's even in Spanish. I'm still trying to find the Spanish version of it. But we've had votes for SpaghettiOs. We've had votes for Alka Salser. Even though when winter comes along, if I get a little stuffy nose, plop, plop, fizz, fizz, yes, what a relief it is. But the damn jingle is in my head. 
So if you have a jingle that you it's an earworm and you want to share it, let's force it on everybody else. Uh, you can share it at 844-900-BUCK, 844-900-2825. Mike Opelka in for Buck Sexton. Michael Pelka in for Buck Sexton on this Friday night. It's a Friday night we are celebrating because we did get good news out of the Senate today where it looks like we're on our way to confirming a constitutionalist to take over a seat on the Supreme Court as Susan Collins delivered her uh, her performance of a lifetime today with that speech and her explanation behind her vote Now, for those of you that don't know, Susan Collins was basically being extorted by the left, not just the people in the hallways yelling shame, 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 not just the people chasing around her uh, assistants and her staffers, not the phone calls threatening her, but Susan Collins was told by a group that if she did not vote against Kavanaugh, if she were to vote to support him, they were going to give $2 million to the person who was going to be running against her. And in the state of Maine, in a political market like Maine, which is not a gigantic marketplace in terms of TV market, you can buy pretty much the whole market for $2 bucks. In that marketplace, they could own TV and radio. And so Susan Collins would be shut out. And Susan Collins said weeks ago that she would not be bought. But just recently, this case came forward and people said, we're going to we're going to put so much money up against you. It's going to crush you like a bug. And she didn't cave. Just a remarkable turn of events. So good for you, Susan Collins. Uh, I have to step off of the political story for just a minute and share a, uh, a crazy bit of news. I love weird news. I'm fascinated by crooks that are stupid, and I'm fascinated by people that, that file ridiculous, ridiculous lawsuits, in my opinion. And this one comes out of New York via Disney World. Mark Rubin is 57 years old. He was visiting Disney World And he had plans to propose to his girlfriend in front of Cinderella's castle. But according to Rubin, things went awry when he got into a physical altercation with a park employee who asked him to move because this was on the parade route. If you've been to Disney, you know that every night they have this gigantic parade and it's really something to see. Well, Disney cast member, that means somebody works in the park. Nicole Guzman Ortiz made the request and the gentleman now suing Disney reportedly screamed at her, grabbed her shirt and threatened to punch her in the face. That's according to an arrest report. See, he ended up getting arrested and he's now suing Walt Disney Parks and Resorts for more than 15000 over the Incident, which happened in 2015. He claims he was falsely accused of battery and wrongfully arrested, according to the lawsuit. He claims he was willing to accommodate the request to move, but was asked 
for a brief delay so the rest of his group, who were all minors, could return from a concession stand they had gone to. Now, I thought he went there to propose. So why is he there with a bunch of minors? And if if you're in front of Cinderella's castle and you just have to move a little bit, chances are the kids are going to find you. Now, he uh, <laughs> he doesn't realize. This is one of the things you learn. If you've worked in the broadcasting business as long as I have, you know that Disney brings media outlets down there all the time. And what you learn real quickly is Disney has cameras everywhere. It's like a casino. Anywhere you go, anywhere you step, Disney is watching you. They've got eyes on every corner of the park. So if this guy's suit goes forward, chances are Disney's going to pull up a digital video that shows him being a jack wagon. I'm I'm sure Judge Judy would throw this out. Uh, The weird part of the story is I wanted to know if, if he got the proposal out, did he manage at 57 years old to propose to whoever he was hoping to marry outside of Cinderella's castle? There's no, no reporting on this. Come on, people. If you want to see the story, it's on uh, foxnews.com. I really thought that would have been a, a little more interesting uh, story there. Now, I do uh, have to tell you, I am very concerned about uh, the senators. Uh, Jeff Flake, I'm concerned about Susan Collins. I'm concerned about Lindsey Graham. I'm concerned about anyone who came forward in this process. And why am I concerned? Well, the threats are out there. I'll share with you some of the threats against these senators. And it's not just doxing. It's actual serious threats. We'll do that next on the Buck Sexton Show. He's holding the line for America. Buck Sexton is back. Well, Michael Pelkin in for Buck Sexton tonight. Buck will be back Monday. He turned over the keys to the Freedom Hut, and I am coming to you live from my own little Freedom Hut, the constitutionally protected free speech bunker in the very liberal state of Delaware. Well, at least the part where I live. If you go to southern Delaware, it's very red but they call it LSD, Lower Slower Delaware. And it's really Trump country there. There's still Trump signs up there. We're talking about the news tonight, talking about Susan Collins. We're talking about the good news, about Kavanaugh apparently moving forward. And there are other news stories we're getting to as well. Uh, And uh, I'm asking people in the remaining time, what is the most annoying jingle? And I had a buddy, uh, one of my regulars from the old Puro Pelka days, sent me a link to this one. Is this the most annoying jingle ever? Is this is this the one that uh, that you would say is the most? Oh, now it's it's jammed up. It was the subway five dollar foot long, five dollar foot long. That's the one that my buddy says is the most annoying. Uh, and we also had votes for this one. Yes, meow, 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 meow. The meow, meow mix commercial. Uh, there's so many out there, but I'm just curious, what is yours? I know John in the control room hates this one. 800-588-2300-EMPIRE. 
that uh, that carpet commercial and uh it's been around forever that's a an old chicago company but if you have a least favorite jingle that haunts you you can share they they have to be effective if they haunt you right if you still remember it all these years later it must be working and i have great respect for jingle writers one of the greatest jingle writers ever Barry Manilow. He's the guy that wrote a McDonald's jingle. He wrote uh, the State Farm, wherever you're driving in your car, just like a good neighbor, State Farm is there. I know, don't sing, Mike. But if you have a jingle, clap. share it. Yes, please clap. 844-900-2825. 844-900-BUCK. Happy to talk about that. Other news stories going on. We were just talking about New York, because I know that uh, this show usually based in New York, uh, there was a uh, a fight between break dancers in Times Square, and somebody actually got slashed in the neck today. A fight between street performers in Times Square. It's always good to visit Times Square, but be aware of what the heck is going on. Two breakdancers got into some sort of argument, I guess, over who could spin on their head on a refrigerator box better. So uh, just, uh, John, when you guys are leaving the studio tonight, avoid Times Square, please. You and Brandon, not go there. Now, before the break, I said that we had, uh, we had concerns over the safety of Lindsey Graham, over the safety of Susan Collins, over the safety of Jeff Flake. And why do I say this? Well, the groups that have been gathering in D.C. and are very upset about Judge Kavanaugh have the potential to get violent. I know they're just shouting now, but I believe there is a potential for these people to get violent. For example, a a person on Twitter named Annie Shields, who works at The Nation, a proud member of, she says, the New York Guild and the Uptown Bronx DSA, which you know what that means, Democratic Socialists of America. This lady posted today, I am am starting a National Democratic Socialist Working Group to follow Jeff Flake around to every restaurant, cafe, store, etc. He goes to, for the rest of his life, and yell at him. Now on the surface, that seems like, well, what's the big deal? You can't stand somebody yelling at you? And I said, okay, this is not good. How does Twitter allow this, but they are censoring James Wood? James Woods has been kicked off of Twitter unless he agrees to take down a humorous meme that he posted. I reported this to Twitter. This woman's account is still active. She is pushing people to follow a United States senator. Yeah, I know I'm not a big flake supporter, but he's going to vote for Kavanaugh and he'll be out of the Senate soon. She's pushing for people to follow him to every restaurant, cafe, store, etc. He goes to for the rest of his life and yell at him. And I know it's only sticks and stones will break my bones. Words will never hurt me. Yeah. Well, all you need is one of these people to get all jacked up because they're all angry and someone's going to do something. Someone's going to put hands on a United States senator. We saw 
last week during the actual testimony a week ago Thursday, we saw three senators have their personal information posted online. And it turns out the guy who did it was working for Sheila Jackson Lee. He's a computer expert who had been working for several different people in Democrat offices in the House. And it just happened to be the same day that Sheila Jackson Lee was caught on video handing an envelope to Professor Ford's attorney. Coincidence? I think not. So if these people are willing to put out the home addresses, the cell phone numbers, to encourage people, this, like I said, this lady said she's starting a working group to basically terrorize people who are voting against the way she wants them to vote. It really doesn't seem to make sense that that's allowed. And then we go back to the elevator girls. As one of my Twitter friends noted, the women who go running up to our elected members of the House and the Senate when they're getting into elevators to go up to their office and yell at them, the elevator girls, one of them, Ana Maria Achila. Ana Maria Achila is the co-executive director of the Popular Democracy Center. The Center for Popular Democracy is funded by George Soros. It's one of the hundreds of social justice centers that are given money by the billionaire philanthropist, and I'm using philanthropist with air quotes, giving hundreds of millions of dollars over the years to these social justice warriors. And what do they do with it? They go to Washington, D.C., they arrange for protests, they yell at senators. So how is this allowed? Anybody who ever gets mad about anything the Koch brothers do, which pales in comparison to the dollars that uh, George Soros throws, these elevator girls, eventually someone's going to do something stupid. So I'm just saying, God bless the Capitol Police, the men and women of the Capitol Police Force who are doing their job. They're making things safe. And I know the zip ties are everywhere. So uh, that's my, my early rant for tonight. I have a couple other stories I have to get to tonight. Uh, why, does, why does this never happen to me? Have you ever read a story and you said, why isn't that happening in our house? This is out of Michigan, Mount Pleasant, Michigan, where a guy has been using a, a rock for a doorstop for decades. He's got a 22 and a half pound rock that he has used at his Grand Rapids home. And one of his friends said, hey, you know, they've been finding meteorites in our area for years now, and they go for thousands of dollars. Just little bitty pit pieces of meteorites go for thousands of bucks. Look at that rock you have. It looks like one of the meteorites. So he said, all right, let's get it tested. Finds out that the iron and nickel that are in this 22 and a half pound rock are proof that it is a meteorite. It's been valued at $100,000. The Smithsonian Institution actually verified it. And now the guy has two different organizations bidding on it. He, uh, he bought the farm in 1988 
the meteorite was found recovered from the field in the 1930s. It is the sixth largest meteorite in Michigan's history. I wonder what this guy paid for the farm in 1988. Wouldn't it be just crazy if the meteorite was worth more than the farm that he bought in 1988? In any case, he's going to sell the 22-and-a-half-pound rock. I would, too. It's going to be on, uh, on display at one of the two museums bidding for it. And uh, there are warnings all the time about food. You know, we read uh, today that there's a giant uh, release of ground beef that they have worries about. If you've bought ground beef, especially if you bought it from Walmart, you know there'll be signs up in Walmart about it. But uh, you have to watch out and make sure your food is safe. Well, now, the, the La Croix water, you've seen the sparkling water, La Croix. A lawsuit has been filed against LaCroix's parent company, alleging that the sparkling water advertised as all-natural includes an ingredient used in cockroach insecticide as well as other artificial ingredients. No, I don't want cockroach insecticide in my LaCroix water. They claim that uh, the, the contaminants were revealed and other synthetic ingredients revealed during testimony. LaCroix denies the allegations, of course, but uh, they say in the report on CBS out of Philly, LaCroix ingredients that have been identified by the FDA as synthetic. These chemicals include limonene, which can cause kidney toxicity and tumors, as well as something which is used in a cockroach insecticide. If you are a person who drinks LaCroix, you need to follow up on this, this news. The National Beverage Company, which makes LaCroix, has said they deny all the allegations, saying all of the essences in its sparkling waters are 100% natural. I'm just saying informed consumers are healthier consumers. Michael Pelka stepping aside for a break. When we come back, I got a couple more bits to get to. And if you have one more jingle you want to put in my ear, the worst jingle of all time. I don't think anyone's beaten mine yet. Uh, SpaghettiOs was a pretty good one, but I still think Cars for Kids is the worst ever. This is the Buck Sexton Show. Come on back. Michael Pelka wrapping up another night here on the Buck Sexton Show. Buck will be back Monday night. Special thanks to Buck for trusting me with the Freedom Hut and trusting me with the audience. And thank you to the audience. You guys are awesome participating. You know, it it wouldn't be a a godfather fill-in if I didn't dial back the old history machine and see what happened on this day back in the day. We talked about the history made today with Susan Collins and the apparent confirmation of Judge Kavanaugh we have to get through tomorrow. But on this day back in the day, if you have ever owned a cross pen, Alonzo T. Cross got a patent for the ballpoint pen on this day in 1880. The ballpoint pen, been around that long, and the guy who gave it to us, Alonzo T. Cross, A.T. Cross Company, Also on this date in 1921, I know there are playoff games going on all day today, baseball playoffs. The first 
World Series broadcast on radio happened on this date in 1921. Also in broadcast history, and this one always amazes me when people go, well, this was a big day in TV history. President Harry Truman made the first TV broadcast from the White House. And all I can think of is 1947. If you had a TV in your house in 1947, you were a Rockefeller. TVs were uh, harder to find than cars in this country. And television signals weren't exactly what they are today either. So Truman doing this first broadcast, yeah, I'm sure it's historic and all that, but many more people heard it on the radio than watched it on TV that day. And what was Truman talking about? What was so important that he had to do a national broadcast? Harry Truman was appealing for Americans to cut back on grain use in order to help the starving people in Europe. This was post-World War II. And while we were the breadbasket for the world, uh, Europe was starving. And Truman said, look, we got to cut back a little bit so we can be the benevolent leaders in the world. And now if you fast forward 60, 70 years, America's not the leader in wheat production anymore. Yeah, we still do well, but thank God a lot of other countries are starting to become self-sufficient. But that's what that speech was about on this date in 1947. Also in 1991, if you're a Mark Wahlberg fan, you probably, and you're, you're my age, you might remember this. On this date in 1991, Mark Wahlberg, at the time known as Marky Mark and the Funky Bunch, had the number one pop hit in the country with something called Good Vibrations. Not the Beach Boys song. It's more of a dance track with Mark Wahlberg rapping over it. And now Mark Wahlberg is a massive box office star. And how did he get there? How did he go from being a oh, an underwear model and with the funky bunch doing good vibrations to one of the biggest stars on the silver screen? Well, if you've ever read Mark Wahlberg's daily routine, you understand. He gets up at 3.30 in the morning and he does two things for half an hour each every morning. He prays. Yes, he's a man of faith. He prays for a half an hour and then he works out for half an hour. He works out like three or four different times a day. He also spends time with his kids. He works and he goes to bed at 7.30. So while he is up at an ungodly hour of 3.30 in the morning, he also is in bed very early. And uh, one more little note here on this day, Apple Computer, the founder of Apple Computer, Steve Jobs, passed away at the age of 56 in 2011. He's been dead for seven years. Pancreatic cancer got Steve Jobs. And I use my Apple Computer all the time to go on social media, which reminds me, I have to say uh, thank you to one of the sponsors of this show, uh, Snippy.com. You know, it's an honor and privilege to to be on talk radio and share thoughts with you about things that matter to us as Americans every day. And your opinion matters, too. That's why I am thrilled to tell you about a new social media site, Snippy.com. If you're frustrated with the discourse on social media pages, you don't like being censored, Snippy is it. I downloaded the Snippy app. I'm on Snippy. It's a form where you can feel free to express your thoughts. 
a place where discussion is valued, where your opinion matters. Snippy.com, free to join, open to everyone, no agenda, no censorship ever. Check out Snippy.com today. Download the app. Get into the discussion. And uh, with that, I have to say to you, my friends, we've had a hell of a time. And today we made history. Big thanks to Matt Schlapp from the American Conservative Union, especially to Susan Collins. God bless you for your bravery. Testudo, my friends. Testudo. Testudo.